Welcome to the Static Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony T, and this is episode 70. Tuesday, August 9th, 2022, and it is hot. How hot, you ask? Well, hot enough for Con Ed to throttle a power in a couple of boroughs in New York City. So the temps have been pushing into the upper 90s past couple of days, so everything is heated up. And when you stand out there outside, not only is it humid, but like you just feel the sun like beaming into you, like burning. It's like hot, hot. Like you don't want to be outside these days. Now, now I'm going to go into a, uh, when I was a young kid, your age, well, in the mid eighties, late eighties, uh, my family and I, we lived in a uh, fifth floor walk up on the fifth floor. And if you know something about that, it's the fifth floor and then it's just a roof. So the sun beats down. It's the hottest apartment in the whole apartment building. And the apartment building was also the electricity, uh, the electric wasn't up to to be able to pull uh, amperage for AC. So we weren't allowed to get an AC in an apartment. So basically we just had all the windows open and fans going, trying to move the air. But at night you would just lay on your bed flat, not under the covers right there, like just in your underwear and you'd get like a towel and wet it and just lay it on you just so for some cooling effect. It was that bad. And mind you, the elementary schools in the city back then, public or private, did not have AC in them either. So all day you spent in class uh, in no AC, you went, well, you played outside in the hydrant and then you went home and slept, no AC. So you got used to it, but it, it was pretty brutal, man. And they had no cooling centers like they do now where you could go and cool off. So you would like go into a bodega, maybe that had AC in there, get some candy, cool off, and then go back outside and don't go and stay out until it was like time to go to bed, take a bath and go to bed, get some cooling after a bath. But that contributed to having a pretty cool neighborhood because a lot of people, the row houses and stuff, didn't have AC. So everybody would kind of hang outside, parents and kids. So summertime, there was like always someone outside, always someone playing. And that's what, you know, everybody got to get to know each other and who everyone was. And it, it, it made a neighborhood. Now everybody just sits in their apartment in the AC and nobody talks to each other on their phones. So there you go. Let's tough, toughen up, people. You don't know how bad it used to be, you know? It's August. Enjoy it. Now going back to the beginning of the episode when I mentioned that uh, uh, Con Edison was throttling the power in New York City. That's all this city needs This right now is for blackout to happen with crime the way it is and that they're not holding with this crazy bail reform going on. So imagine if a blackout happened like in 2006 where the city was pretty much dark for eight days, eight days. Now in 2006, things weren't as bad as they were around. The city was kind of up. It was right before the 2008 uh, big market crash or bank crash, whatever you want to call the housing, real estate stuff. But it was still not, it was pretty much coming up. It was, Crime had was pretty much low so but now if you had eight days of blackout imagine what would happen it would be a, a scene out of like batman like gotham city just i didn't even want to think about it the major crime numbers are still up in new york city uh 36 percent uh murders went down about 10 percent as a sub as of sunday so that's good but if there was a blackout in, in these times right now head for the hills get out of there place would look like Mad Max beyond the Thunderdome, just smoldering ash and just a wasteland after they got the power on. If they would ever get the power back on, who knows? 
And it's not only the temperatures that are heating up or the crime that are heating up. There's a Democratic Brooklyn Party powerhouse. Frank Sedio is heating up also. I got this clip of him. Listen to this guy. David, you should only suffer a horrible death. This is a democratic politician. So there's, there's an article in the New York Post, and I'll, I'll, I'll go over what uh, he said there. It reads, uh, Brooklyn Democratic Party powerhouse Frank Sedio is captured on video threatening to rip the fucking heart out of a party activist and wishing him a terrible death following a dispute over the selection of state judges. Quote, what I am is a fucking Sicilian who will take your fucking heart out. You're absolutely done. Never fucking call me again. Don't go call me for anything. Drop dead. The Septuagenarian former Brooklyn Democratic Party chairman raged as he was restrained by colleagues from charging at district leader David Schwartz. An alarmed Schwartz is then seen videotaping Sedio, who still holds clout in as the party as chairman emeritus and a district leader. So it goes on. Uh, the confrontation occurred at the end of a meeting of the Brooklyn Democratic Party's executive committee last week at Nick's Lobster House in Marine Park. The executive panel was recommending a slate of 12 candidates for judgeship to the state Supreme Court in Brooklyn for judicial nomination convention two days later, which generally amounts to a voice vote among district leaders that is largely called the way party bosses have predetermined it should be. Schwartz was attending his last meeting. He lost his primary for district leader to a candidate backed by Mayor Eric Adams' team's Pinny Ringle. Schwartz backed Andrew Yang over Adams in last year's Democratic primary for mayor. The selection of judges in New York, particularly in the city, has long been a source of controversy, including corruption scandals involving candidates and party leaders. Ex-Brooklyn Democratic leader Clarence Norman was convicted by the feds in a judgeship selling scheme. All right. David, you should only suffer a terrible death. We heard you the first time, Frank. Got it. Got it. I got it. So it seems the Democratic Party is cracking under its own pressure now with the primaries coming up because they know they're going to get a beating. It's 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 inevitable. They're going to lose a lot of seats. And it's their own doing. They are they're, they're, they're shooting themselves in the foot. And now they go and get the FBI to raid Mar-a-Lago. To, for Trump to get back at Trump again for some strange reason. This government turned into a big WWE match. That's it. Like a fucking wrestling match it is. It's just nonsense after nonsense. And people are watching it like, oh, yeah. Whatever little credibility the FBI had now, it's completely gone because of this stunt. They're just like the brown shirts of the of the Democratic Party. They do all the dirt. And just stay because the Democrats don't want Trump to want to to run again. They're just scared. You had his phone being tapped, steel dossier, Ukraine, Russian collusion hoax, whatever that was. You had impeachment, COVID, another impeachment. Now you have January 6th trial and now the FBI raid. They're either trying to tie him up in legal fees where he's broke, where he can't afford to run. That's one plan. Or they're just trying to finish the guy off, you know, with his health because he's older and just hopefully he drops dead. Or God forbid, they're going to just straight up try to assassinate or kill the guy somehow so he doesn't run 
I mean, this is what it seems. Now, here's another scenario. What happens if he runs in 2024 and wins? Then what? We're going to have another a whole four years of circus of them trying to peach him, in, peach him for, I don't know, he says good morning the wrong way. They're going to just impeach him, and, and it's just going to be this, this shit all over again, and us citizens are going to suffer for it. Or scenario two, he gets in there, he gets, he gets tough, he actually drains the swamp, gets rid of all that crap there, everything, which is not an easy task, and now we finally have a fresh start somehow. And the scary part is, is that both of those scenarios can end up in the collapse of this country through civil war or just just complete collapse of no faith and everything just goes to shit and down the hill. And both of that is possible in both of those scenarios, which is maybe what has to happen. We're at that point, you know, 200 years or so as a country, maybe it's that point after, maybe it is because listen to the story that I'm going to read you now. Maybe it's time that this place just collapses. At a Detroit, Michigan, chalking tires illegal, judge says, but city gets big break. A Michigan city violated the U.S. Constitution by chalking tires to enforce parking limits, but it won't be forced to refund thousands of tickets in class action case, the judge said. Saginaw must only pay vehicle owners nominal damages of a dollar for each market, U.S. District Judge Thomas Lundingen, Ludington said Monday. So they will deem tire chalk marking a tire unconstitutional, but all these gun laws, everything, not a, not a peep, not a peep. Chalking tires, definitely unconstitutional. Gun laws, not so much. David, you should only suffer a terrible death. So that'll do it for me tonight. I'm your host, Anthony T. This is the Static Podcast. You can reach me at staticpodcast.net. Like, subscribe, donate. This is a value for value podcast. Stream Satoshis. We take no ad here. ads here. We like freedom of speech, and so should you. So I will see you next week. <laughs>